this kind of story uh, can go on to a long list of stories I've read in the media that basically come under the heading, the people are wrong. It's great that she's a woman. It's just not great for women. Hi, I'm Scott Ott with uh, Zoe Rachel sitting in for Bill Whittle and Stephen Green. This episode of Right Angle is brought to you by our members at BillWhittle.com, to whom we are eternally grateful. If you're watching us on some social media video platform, please like, share, and anything else you can do to encourage the algorithm to love us. Uh, Gentlemen, I read this story uh, on MSN, um, and it was really from Agence France Press, because MSN is just kind of uh, aggregating uh, various news sources. And I found it very interesting. It was under a headline that started off, don't call her a feminist. It's about Italy's new prime minister, Georgia Maloney. And uh, the, the writer of the story and the editors thereof clearly were disturbed by the fact that the new Italian prime minister, the first female ever, uh, a number of things they're disturbed about. Number one, that she thinks that she has not faced sex discrimination during her career, that she promotes family-friendly policies, that she favors alternatives to abortion. She opposes abortion, although she said she's not going to try to ban it, but she does want to help people find alternatives to abortion. And that she wants to help mothers in a variety of ways, such as free nursery school, protecting young mothers in the workplace, lowering taxes on baby products. Uh, And this, uh, there are two quotes. And the first one, Stephen Green, I'm going to give to you, and then I'm going to follow up with... uh, with Zoe on the second one. Uh, this is all the quotes in the story are from academics because that's how we live our lives by following the advice of academics. Uh, Steve, one professor says, um, it's a positive thing that for the first time it's a woman, meaning the Italian prime minister is a woman. But from there, to say this is a step forward for women is another thing. Steve, how can it be one small step for a woman and one giant leap backward for womankind? You know, generally speaking, when a conservative sees somebody uh, enjoy this kind of success, we say, wow, congratulations. That was really impressive. And on the flip side, again, generally speaking, broadly speaking, when uh, somebody on the left sees somebody with that, that, kind of, that kind of success, they say, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and you know this is true. We see it all the time. So I, I don't know how you could have a finer example of uh, a woman of achievement. Uh, she became prime minister of a major nation. That's This is a hell of a thing. But what she didn't want to do was trade on her sex in order to get there. She didn't complain, oh, I'm a woman, you owe me this. Oh, I'm a woman, give me that. She achieved this thing on her. You know, let me, let me tell you a personal story. I could not be more proud of my wife every single day of my life. And not for anything I did other than have the uh, the the good luck to stumble across her at a time when we were both ready for something serious. Um, but she started off in her early 20s uh, and even before that as, as a waitress. And in her early 20s, she thought this was good work because it let her keep weird hours that let her go out drinking and dancing all night, which were, you know, when you're 22, 23 years old, your, your major concerns in life. They certainly were for me. Um, but then she decided this this wasn't enough, and she found work for uh, for Compaq here in Colorado Springs, and she worked 
worked her way up the ladder a little bit there and decided to, to switch gears. And she worked for the uh, uh, the uh, Figure Skating Association, again, based here in Colorado Springs. And then she'd gotten about as far there as she could. And she ended up working for one of the world's largest defense contractors, Lockheed Martin. In fact, I think it is the world's largest defense contractor. And she she was working her way up there and doing very nicely. But she 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 hit a ceiling on in because of their organizational structure. You get in this one silo, you can't move over to the other silo to, to go even higher. So she left there and now she's a, a program manager for one of the most up-and-coming tech firms in all of Colorado. And she did this on her own. But the one thing you would never want to do is call that woman a feminist. Not in a, not in a million years. And the reason is, let me backtrack a sec. There, there, there are three waves of feminism, and I can very briefly define these. First wave feminism was about removing the legal barriers that kept women from owning property or getting jobs or any of these things. And I'm totally in favor of that. Second wave feminism was about eliminating the cultural barriers, you know, the old boys clubs and that kind of thing that kept women from advancing in careers if they wanted to pursue careers. Third wave venom, uh, feminism, I almost said venomism, and I think I'm, <laughs> I might have stumbled onto something there. Third wave feminism is just cultural Marxism. It's it's a grievance industry designed to keep men down so that women can can take the unearned. It's 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 pure, unadulterated Marxism dressed up in the language of, of feminist grievance. And my wife has no grievances. She likes men. She seems to, to love one, and she's given birth to two more. So don't listen to these uh, to these leftists, these progressives who say to you, women, that uh, you're not doing it right because the way you choose to do it is the right way because this is your choice. It is your life. Go for it, ladies. So Steve pointed out uh, something interesting there, um, and uh, it's amazing for this woman of such accomplishment. I mean, she founded the political party that she then led to victory <laughs> in this election. Uh, I find it interesting that she she founded this, she co-founded the party called Brothers of Italy. And the critics, again, quoting political science professors from universities, are upset that she's inadequately antagonistic toward the patriarchy. In other words, she's not angry enough at men. Um, and, you know, it kind of reminds me of somebody who would, uh, you know, score a touchdown and, and then go back and rant and rave against somebody who tried to tackle them when they got in there. No, once you're in the end zone, who cares who tried to restrain you from doing it? So she's just enjoying the triumph and moving on to her her agenda. And this is the other quote that I promised you. As I mentioned earlier, um, she's an advocate of free nursery school, of protecting young mothers in the workplace, of lowering taxes on baby products. And two academics are quoted in this story uh, in Agence France Press saying, the focus on maternity is a carryover from fascism that still resonates among right-wing voters. Uh, Zoe, have you thought of motherhood as uh, a prime tenant of fascism? I don't know. I guess it depends on who the mother is. And uh, <laughs> but uh, this this uh, can we can we get can we get her over here, man? She's kind of like she, <laughs> you know she's she's starting her own party and she's running things. She's kind of like uh, she's picking up where Victoria Woodhull left off like a long time ago, man. So. Uh, and she's got that song in my head now, man. I'm thinking more than a woman. Unfortunately, <laughs> that song has like a totally different connotation nowadays. And yeah, we won't go there. We'll get fired from the internet. Um, but 
this this right here, uh, what she's doing, uh, I know that you know she sounds like she's the kind of woman who's gonna put women back in the you know kitchen barefoot and pregnant and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, no. Um, in terms of you know being a woman, not not a feminist, but being a real you know woman, this is, sounds like something she's standing for. Standing for the distinction of being a woman. And, you know, whether it's motherhood, whether it's being the wife, and I'm talking about a wife, I'm talking about like the Proverbs 31 kind of wife, you know, that kind of woman, you know, man, you talking about an honorable distinction, you know, that sounds like the angle that it sounds like she's coming from to me. Uh, and nowadays, and always, what she's talking about is quite radical. She is staying to the root of what it actually does to have redeeming value to be a woman in society. That's what it comes down to. Now you're seeing doing those things. We're cycling back through it again. You're seen as crazy. You're seen as extremists. You just want to keep women to quote Biden. You're going to put women back in chains. You're going to chain them to a dishwasher. You're going to chain them to, the, to some diapers and all that sort of stuff. And, and women can't be free. When, when in actuality, you go down or should I say up the road that this woman is talking about is she's talking about a, a kind of liberation that these other women of this feminist mindset really can't relate to. They're shackled to a fantasy. They're shackled to a narrative that is not liberating at all and is is a self-imposed uh, oppression. So the, but one of the things that I would take exception to, uh, you know, with what she's saying, and I hope I'm not, you know, getting away too, from your point too much with all my rambling, but um, it sounds like she said that she hasn't experienced, um, you know, this oppression or this opposition, you know, being a woman and stuff like that. And she's- I'll give you the exact quote for that. Zoe. Thank you. She says, I am a woman, but I confess that in all my history in politics, I have never felt really discriminated against. That's what she wrote in her autobiography. Oh, she's not a victim. Okay. So now- I, I I would I would want clarification and you know I'm I'm not a political strategist or anything like that, but I would suggest um if you haven't experienced those things, then what you're it's it comes across to say, well, those things don't exist. Maybe if you said that you persevered despite these things, you know, it's like, look, I'm not gonna let those things keep me make me a victim. I'm not a, I'm not a victim because I'm a woman, right? Um, but when when a person makes it like these things were not something that stood in her way. It, to me, it makes you sound like unrelatable where, where these things don't exist. These things do exist. And you're and the very people who insist that they do exist in the way that they do are the very people who actually keep women down under the guise of acting like they're the champions for women. So I think a lot of narratives that the more left wing persuasion gets away with is because of, you know, people like her who have the perspective, not dinner, you know, coming down on her. But it's like, be careful with that because you dismiss what it is that they've done. Like when we say there's no systemic racism, it's like, yes, there is. The Democrats are doing it every day. But when you say that there's no systemic racism, you just gave them a pass. If you say that there are not these challenges to women, yes, there are. Generally, no, they're not. But there's a party that pushes that narrative while they're the very ones who are doing it in the first place. So just things like that. They've helped her politically, but culturally, those things, they, 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 they're not, they're not as impressive culturally. And those translates and you have a hard time politically, politically to keep those policies going. 
It's interesting uh, what you say there about these parties. Um, the story points out that her political block, which is, you know, the way that parliaments operate, they've cobbled together these coalitions of uh, people of uh, relatively like mind, has fewer female lawmakers than any other block in parliament. However, they're almost tied with the center-left Democratic Party, which actively promotes gender parity and women's rights. And so <laughs> they're, they're saying, oh, well, this, you know, this right-wing party doesn't have a lot of female leaders, and they've got almost as many as the party of women's rights and gender parities. <laughs> Um, you know, this kind of story uh, can go on to a long list of stories I've read in the media that basically come under the heading, the people are wrong. Uh, <laughs> journalists just can't get over themselves sometimes. I mean, somebody wins an election and clearly if it didn't go the way uh, that the media expected, then therefore people made the wrong choice. Uh, it was badly made. It's the same thing when you hear somebody like a, a U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren basically uh, bad-mouthing the U.S. Supreme Court when they hand down a decision or an opinion that she didn't like, and all of a sudden it's a corrupt organization that can't be trusted with anything. Um, I, I was greatly encouraged, not so much because I really don't know all about Georgia Maloney's uh, political uh, you know, favorite ideologies or anything like that. I just have this little story here. What struck me really was how the journalists cover it, not so much what she's all about. And the, the offense is that you can be a successful woman, not just a woman prime minister, not just one of the youngest women ever to rise to the position that she did, um, uh, youngest people, uh, but somebody who started the party <laughs> and then led that to victory. All of these accomplishments and all we can do is kind of cluck our tongues at her and say, gee, it's a darn shame she's not a better woman. Uh, because if she was a real woman, she would be to the far left of the political spectrum. But because she's not, um, I, I also noticed another thing. There's a caption under the picture that Agence France, France Press put out on the wire uh, that refers to her as right-wing prime minister. And every time I've seen her name mentioned, it says right-wing something or other. And I thought, when have I seen that the other way? When have I seen politicians described in the media as left-wing? And, and the only place I've seen that is in overtly political, opinion-driven blogs or columns. I've not seen it in hard news. They generally don't say left-wing politician, left-wing prime minister, left-wing president. Uh, I don't remember reading in the New York Times a description of Barack Obama as left-wing president or Joe Biden as left-wing president. Uh, but we need to we need to nail that extremist label onto anybody who tilts away from the left. So anyway, it was it was kind of encouraging to read this story because it was a loser's limp on the part of the media. For Zoe Rachel and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Odd. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. <laughs>